Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It's time for What We're Watching. I'm no slouch myself. <laughs> it's in the hole. The best in current movies and TV. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. With Glenn and Ray. Say my name. Eisenberg, you're goddamn right. All right, what well, we're watching is sponsored by Guided Door and Window by Any Window or Door. Get the second to 50% off plus interest free financing for up to 18 months. Call Guided Door and Window today at 1 877 Go Guida or visit go G U I D A dot com. All right, Ray. Big sensation. Everybody watching HBO's Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Uh, I don't know how many parts it is. Eight, eight, nine ten. part. Ten. ten. Yep, ten, ten parts. Ten episodes. Well, I've only seen the first two. In fact, I checked last night, and they have not yet dropped episode three. Uh, I'm just going to say a couple words. I'm going to turn it over to you, and then I, I figure I'll come back. I, I find it I find it highly entertaining, occasionally comedic, fast-paced, a little too cute for its own good, certainly. Um, you know, the character's trying to break the fourth wall and, and all that, uh, and I think they – I think it is a historical piece that – probably doesn't give a hoot about accurately reflecting uh, history. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's about, just to tell people, it's about the L.A. Lakers in the Showtime era starting in 1979 uh, when the Lakers are going to be sold to Jerry Buss and draft Magic Johnson with the first pick and goes from there. I'll turn it over to you for some of your pithy thoughts. Yeah, um... I I don't like it. I I, I really don't. Uh, I, I warned you. Yeah, part of and I and I feel bad. I, I feel bad doing this because you know Adam McKay, who wrote it and directed it, is a local guy. I mean, he uh, he wasn't born here, but he kind of grew up here out in Malvern, and he went to Penn State, and he went to he went to my alma mater at Temple. Um, so he's got some local roots, and I but I there I just. I just don't like his style of filmmaking. I mean, I've seen his other films. Um, I saw Vice, the story of, of uh, Dick Cheney. Uh, I saw The Big Short. Uh, I haven't seen Don't Look Up, which is actually nominated for an Academy Award. Um, but he has this device, and you mentioned it, um, where, the, where the characters turn and address the audience. Uh, it's called Breaking the Fourth Wall. Uh, and sometimes it works, but... It works. It works better on stage than it does on film. Is the best way of putting it. Uh, and, and when I when I see it on film, I, I find it very distracting. I really do. And I, I thought he he used it a lot in Vice, the Dick Cheney movie. 
characters were always like turning to the camera and talking, and it was just, I, 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 I just don't like it. And they, they, they do it a lot in this, and I knew as an Adam McKay project that they would, and I've, I just find it really distracting. Um, and look, I was around that Lakers team a lot because they, you know, they were in the, they and the Sixers played for the championship a whole lot during that era. So I was around all those guys. I was around Jerry Buss. I was around Jerry West. I, I was, uh, you know, I was around Pat Riley and all, and all of those guys. Uh, and I, I just find the casting very problematic. I mean, John C. Riley is a good co is, is a good actor. Um, but I don't see him as Jerry Buss, you know, <laughs> you, you put him in Talladega. See, I don't I, know Jerry Buss. I've never met Jerry Buss, yeah. So I can't reflect on that. I, the I, and I don't even mean to stop you here. I, I I find him very fun, and he's the best part of the thing to me, to be honest with you. But it's because I don't know what Jerry Buss was. Yeah. I mean, I know who he was, but I never I never saw him. I don't know how inaccurate it is. Yeah, I guess the fact that I was kind of around it and I was kind of around those people makes me. I find casting very problematic. Um, I mean, they make Jerry they make John they make Jerry Buss seem like a clown. Uh, oh, I, I see, and I, I have a bigger problem with how they portray somebody else. What Jerry West? Yes. Yeah. Jerry West is in this thing. This nasty, depressive, alcoholic, uh, just miserable, s profane sob, completely temperamentally unsuited to do anything. Right. Uh, and and um. It may be the truth. By the way, Jeff Perlman wrote this. We had Jeff Perlman as a guest on the show, I think, with his USFL book, maybe. Yeah, and his USFL book, which is called uh, Football for a Buck, is, yeah. is very good. I, re- yeah. I highly recommend it. It's a great book about the USFL. Right. So he wrote the book on which this is based, which was called Showtime. And I, I'm I'm guessing that it's accurate that Jerry West didn't want him to draft Magic Johnson because he thought he was too tall to be the guy who brought the ball up the court. Um, and that's all fine and well, but that doesn't mean that Jerry West was just this, you know, horrible, nasty guy who literally in episode two curls up in the corner in his underwear, unable to function. Right. I imagine he's not happy. They portray Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as just a first-class jerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, again, I never met Jabbar. He, he, he may well be, but geez, I mean, little, little texture here. Yeah, uh, and you got you know Adrian Brody as Pat Riley. I mean, <laughs> Adrian Brody as Pat Riley, really? Well, I, I, I haven't I, seen that. Have you, I haven't seen him yet. Yeah, I, but I mean, it's just um, they got some it, good. It, by the way, Sally Field, Michael Chiklis, they do have some good names in there. How would you like to be Sally Field at this point in your career, where you're playing John C. Riley's mother? Mother. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, you know you're working, man. You're working. But I, I will say this: I think one of the things that does do well. Uh, is is it kind of captures the vibe of the '80s, you know that uh, kind of the sex and sizzle and the bad yeah. clothes and all of that kind of stuff. A lot of that. You like um, the, the grainy way they? Do no, it? I guess it's okay. No, I, was gonna I ask don't. You that. I don't because they cut because the, they cut in and out of that uh, you know that eight millimeter f- film stock. Right. Uh, and they go from that to live action and back to the. And I find it. Dis- it looks like an editing mistake. I I know it's I know it's a device. Yeah. that they're trying to use, but to me, it doesn't work. To me, it's very all jarring. I, jumpy I find, handheld cameras. I find, all it, I find it very jarring. Yeah, it's very. It's it's a little. It's trying way too hard for that. I think. Yeah, you know what? Uh, you know what? One of my other thing problems is there. There are these monologues that Adam McKay has written, uh, and some and some of them are just so overwrought. 
You know, and oh, the John C. Riley comparing basketball to sex. In yeah, the if there's scene, if there's lying two in bed th- with that big-breasted naked woman. Right. If there's two things that I make didn't hear me any be- of the words. I if, just- if there's two things that make me believe in God, it's sex and basketball. I I think that. Come on. I mean, really. I mean, I mean, you know, you know what I think he's trying to do here, McKay. I think he's trying to be Ron Shelton. I mean, he's he's trying to come uh, up with those lines that Shelton wrote. You know, for Kevin Costner in Bull Durham. Yeah. I mean, he's he's trying to go for that kind of thing, but it's not nearly as good. Yeah, I will say this, and I agree with everything you said, and I think that it is probably it it is a rather vicious attack on on a lot of those people, and I don't really trust the accuracy of it with Jerry West and with Jerry Buss and so on. But Ray, it is highly entertaining. It's popcorn, um, is what it is. It's you know, it. We, we, you and I talk about popcorn movies. It's it's. You can just sit there and let it wash over you, and it's kind of fun. There is such a thing as a popcorn movie, and I enjoy them as much as the next guy. I think I'm probably a little too close to this story mm-hmm. to enjoy it at the same level that you would. Um, but listen, people are watching it. The ratings yeah. are good, and and most of the critics, uh, and I and I read a lot of the reviews of the crit- critics like it. You know, like movie critics, TV critics, entertainment critics, they like it. Um, you know, I mean, the, 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 so much of the gratuitous stuff, the profanity, the nudity, all that kind of stuff, I guess that plays. Um, to me, it's, it's just not a very good representation. I will say, I, you said you thought that Riley is the best thing, uh, and I think Riley is, is good as Riley. I don't know that he's good as Buss. I think a Quincy Isaiah, the young actor who I had never yeah, seen before. Never saw him before. Who plays who plays Magic Johnson. I think he's the best thing. I he's think good. he's pretty good. He's got the smile and the personality. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he gets it. One other thing I discovered, because I was looking at the cast, and, and I always find this cool, uh, the character of Norm Nixon. And there's a good scene early in it where the Lakers are going to draft Magic Johnson, and he goes to a party. Bus brings him to a party out in Hollywood, and there's a basketball court there. I guess it's Donald Sterling's house is where it is. Mm-hmm. And Norm Nixon gets Magic Johnson on the court and just abuses him and schools him. I thought that was that was a good scene, uh, and maybe accurate. I don't know, but I looked it up afterward. And Norm Nixon in the movie is played by the actual Norm Nixon's it's son. Norm Nixon's son. Yeah, I yeah. didn't. I did not know that till I read about it. Right. Yeah. Cool. It is cool. Anyway. All right. So I give this a yes with reservations. I'm not going to tell you that it's accurate or even good, but. It's kind of fun, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna watch it. All right, I'm thumbs down. You're out. Are you out after two episodes? Yeah, I pretty much am. Okay, I may one, if I stumble upon it one night and I don't have anything better to do, I might watch it a little bit more. But I'm not rushing back to see it. Uh, one other thing I know you wanted to bring up is a rather distinguished actor passed away this week. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite actors, William Hurt, passed away uh, tragically at a young age. He's only 71, died of prostate cancer, um, and I think he's. I just found him a very arresting actor. I just found him very interesting on camera. He's one of those kinds of guys that when he's on the screen, you kind of can't take your eyes off him. Uh, Oscar winner for uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman, in which he was great. Um, he did he did Hamlet on stage. I mean, he's a very versatile actor, and he's done nominated for four Academy Awards. Uh, I remember him, obviously, from the movie Body Heat, where he was great on Kathleen movie. Turner. Oh, man, I don't know how many people have seen that movie. I mean, it's, it's more than, it's whatever, 40 years old or so. It's 40 years old now. Yeah, but oh, young Kathleen Turner, when she was smoke. Yeah, she was she was as hot as it gets. And he, That's a and great he, movie. And he kind of plays this dim-witted attorney that she kind of manipulates into killing her husband. And yeah. It's really, it's really a good movie. And then Broadcast News, which I think probably more people saw, where he plays sort of this vacant, um, 
on camera, TV anchorman that just uh, reads off the teleprompter, but he's got the look and he's got the voice and he becomes a superstar, uh, but is never really comfortable with his stardom. I think he really captured that part very well in a really good film. But to show you what a good actor he is, a movie that you and I both liked, which was History of Violence, uh, he plays the brother of Viggo Mortensen. Uh, he got nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor when he really had one scene. You know, the, the he, was scene, on the, he was on the screen for 10 minutes. Yeah, the scene when Viggo Mortensen comes to see him back in Philadelphia, interestingly enough, when he's the mobster brother, uh, he, he's on the screen. You, you said it, 10 minutes. 10 minutes of airtime, 10 minutes of screen time, and it was so good and so powerful that he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I don't, think I, anybody's, I don't think anybody's ever been nominated for an Academy Award with less screen time than William Hurt was, but he had that ability. So I was real sorry to see that he had passed at age 71. Can I just tell you, I thought he was terrible in that movie. Oh, I thought And I know really he was good. nominated, and I liked that movie. When uh, George Anastasia and I wrote the Ultimate Book of Gangster Movies, we ranked that movie very high. I just thought he chewed the scenery in that movie. Oh, he did. He did, but, well, it was, but, yeah. it was, but it was written that way. <laughs> well, I know, but I, I thought it was, I, I thought he was terrible. But, but I, he was a great actor. By the way, Big Chill, he was, uh, he was very good in that too. Again, uh, he always he played the same kind of guy. He played yeah. the guy that you know, very handsome. You know, the women all liked him, but you know, it was not the brightest guy in the world. He he played that role very well. Yeah, yeah, he he was all that. All right, let's talk to Adam, Aaron, excuse me, in Norristown. Hello, Aaron. Yeah, how you guys doing this morning? All right. Good. Hey, first of all, I want to talk about Claude Giroux and then also a little bit about the Eagles. Um, you had talked to an earlier caller about that he had some moments. I mean, I'm just, you know, he had a nice career here, but he had two careers here. He had a career pre-captain and post-captain. And, you know, that's, I'll never forget the series against the Penguins when we were pretty much equal with them, went to six games, and he was invisible. He had a chance there. In 2020 against the Canadians and the Islanders, I mean, in, in that series, and then in the series against the Capitals in 2016 as captain, I, as a Flyers fan, fears I'm used to deep runs that are, you know, they are spearheaded by the captains like Primo, like Richards, like Poulin, you know, you know, even go back to Clark, obviously, you know, and mm-hmm. he just turtled up in, in playoff series when he was captain. And that's and and they can only get what they got for him because he's 34 and he's not a top 100 player in the league anymore, scoring wise. Um. Okay. I, I think, I, I, Aaron. I think you're being a little hard on him. I mean, no, I'm being factual, right? I mean, the stats I gave were factual. He, he is, he is 100th in the NHL in scoring. Well, he's also, he's, yeah, he's but, also got nobody to play with. Yeah, you're, exactly. I mean, you're comparing but, what what the cap, what the captain did in other playoff runs with. You know, those other guys played with much better teams than he did. No, no, no. He they finished two points behind the Penguins. He they went into that series with a goalie who had won nine of his last ten, and Brian Elliott. They in their last game, game six at home. They were up seven to four. He was a minor. You're making two different arguments. You're making the argument that he hasn't played well in the playoffs, and I'm agreeing with you. And you're making the argument that he stinks now. He's and and no, what I don't Ray think he stinks now. He's just at the end of a good career. I don't think well, he stinks now. Oh, okay. I think he may have more than you. Maybe, but okay, we'll see. Okay, if I can make my second point, right? I wanted to ask you a question about a couple of free agents that are still available um, that I think could help the Eagles, and uh, and then one last point. But what do you think of uh, J. Ron Curse? Uh, as as a potential free agent or Terrell Edmonds to help our safety position, which could be better than anybody that might be available at our point in the draft. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you there. Um, I think they still they brought back they're bringing back Victor Harris, uh, who played here last year. I, you know, if they if they had let him walk, it wouldn't have broken my heart. Yeah, um, that sort of tells me that they might be not be bringing back McLeod. I, I kind of thought they would bring back one of them, um, but yeah, I mean Edmonds. 
you know, Edmonds is a good player. Uh, I, I just don't know. It might be, you know, there might be a more, it might be a money situation. I mean, he might be, he might be shopping for more money than they're prepared to offer. I definitely thought they needed an upgrade at the safety position. I was a little, I was a little surprised that they brought back Harris, but the guys that you mentioned, I think, yeah, would they have been upgrades? I agree with you. I think they would. Can I hold on to my Tyron Matthew dream, at least uh, for now? Sure. Go right ahead. I mean, would you? He's 30. Right. The other guys you're mentioning, uh, Edmonds is 25, right? So and right. who's the other guy you mentioned? Um, I'm trying to remember who was who was the other guy you mentioned. I mean, you say Ronnie Harrison, maybe. I'm not sure who he said. But anyway, Tyron Matthews is 30, but he's, as we say, he's a guy who makes plays, which they don't have. Yeah, and he's uh, he's a dynamic kind of player. Oh, Javon yes. uh, Curse. Okay. Javon Curse, for, who, right. who, played, who played for Dallas. Dallas yeah. Right, yeah, and, and a good player. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like Edmonds. At 25, I think he's just going to continue to get better. Um, listen, Honey Badger is um, – I had my doubts about him coming out of college because he comes with a certain amount of baggage, but there's no question he could play. Uh, and he was a huge difference maker with the Chiefs. I mean, when he went to the Chiefs, he was kind of the leader and the rallying point on that defense. And he can still do that for you. Uh, and even at 30, I think he can still play. It looks like he's still got some game left. I just think it's a, I just think it's a money thing with him. I think he's looking for more money than the Eagles are in a position we'll to see. offer. Yeah, we'll but if, if listen, if, if they were to bring if they were to bring him in, yeah, I, I'm I'm on board. Hey Ray, before we go to break, but uh, at noon, uh, Todd Zalecki is going to join us from MLB.com. We got to talk some Phillies with their dynamic new lineup. Uh, but before we go to break, Ray, let's say I want to go to theater sometime next month, and I really don't want to go up all the way to New York. You got any thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to go all the way to New York. All you, you just have to go as far as New Hope. Lovely New Hope, that beautiful arts community, which is always lovely in the month of April. Um, we are bringing Tommy and me back uh, for a sixth year. Uh, and this and this time we are going to the uh, Bucks County Playhouse in, uh, in New Hope. And uh, we're going to be opening on April the 7th. And we're going to be playing through Easter Sunday on the 17th. Ten performances. Uh, at the at the really beautiful Bucks County Playhouse, a place with a lot of history and sits right there in the Delaware River, just a beautiful place. And I'm excited as can be to bring Tommy's story to the same stage where Grace Kelly has performed and George C. Scott and Robert Redford. I mean, some great Eli Wallach. I mean, some great people have performed on that stage. And we get to bring Tommy and me there uh, next month. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, April 7th through the 17th. Um, go online to Bucks County Playhouse, order your tickets now. We've got a great group of talkback hosts that are going to do the Q&As after the show. You are doing the first Saturday night. Yeah, I think it's looking forward to that. April the 9th, you'll be there doing the, the 8 o'clock show. So, uh, and Harold Carmichael is helping us open the show on April 7th, opening Sweet. night. Yeah, the talkback host that night will be none other than um, the guy who uh, broke most of Tommy McDonald's receiving records with the Eagles and is now himself a Pro Football Hall of Famer. He will be there on opening night Thursday, April the 7th. So April the 7th through the 17th, Bucks County Playhouse, Tommy and me. Please come out and see us. Very nice. 215-592-9494. Best caller of the day gets a $50 gift card to Shibe Sports. At noon, Todd Zalecki will talk some baseball. Ray and Glenn on 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.